Hi everyone. This week we had the pleasure of talking to marathon man Peter Thompson. Peter has achieved some incredible feats, like running the Tour de France and completing 44 marathons in 44 days in 44 different countries, all to raise money for mental health charities. We spoke to Peter about what drove him to do this, how he copes both mentally and physically during it, and how he looks after his own mental health. We really hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Enjoy the show. Hi Pete, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Um, just to start with, could you just explain a bit about your kind of personal and professional experiences within mental health? Um, yes. So um, I guess, you know, I, uh, I've probably most recently I've done some some running challenges to, to raise money for, um, for mental health charities. Um, and that kind of came about from sort of a period of, of my life where I used to be sort of very, very obsessed with with running and um, was very focused on kind of trying to get quicker and quicker at, at running marathons. And um, I kind of did get quicker, but I also, it kind of came at a cost um, and that kind of resulted in me kind of losing contact with certain friends and, and a breakup of a relationship. And um, yeah, I guess I, I kind of went through a, a difficult spell myself in terms of my own mental health and um, in a kind of funny sort of way, I'd always use running as a way to to manage my mental health, and and I found myself in the difficult position of of running being kind of the reason that had kind of caused it in a way. So it was a, a funny a funny situation, but um, that's kind of I guess sparked me to do these these running challenges. But I've also worked um, within a social prescription service. Um, where we would work with with people often with mental health problems and it would be connecting them to to social groups to to try and I guess people get engaged in that in the community and yeah that kind of um was a really rewarding job but obviously had its had its difficulties and gave me a real understanding of of, of kind of what people go through with really serious mental health issues and and I've also had many friends and and family and who and ex-partners who have had various different mental health issues so I've kind of seen it on the other side and been that person that's want to, wanted to support but found it um, often very difficult and very frustrating when they weren't able to get the support that they need really. Did running kind of start for you as a way to kind of switch off and, and relax? Yes yeah I mean I, I've always loved sport I, I, I would play anything <laughs> when I was younger I'd play football table tennis cricket you know I'd, I'd, I'd try my hand at anything I wasn't particularly good but I, I'd, I'd give it a go but um I think as I as I got a bit older, running it, it really allowed me to yeah to have that that outlet. I'm I'm someone who really needs a, a focus, and I, I and I really struggle with that. And and I and I get that through you know I've had that through education and and work. But for that sort of thing outside is is what running gave me. And there's a, a real simplicity in running, and um, there's a real beauty to just I guess being able to put on a pair of shoes and and have an outlet, which I. I love I love about it. yeah and, and when did you kind of start to realize that it become uh, that it become kind of an obsession that wasn't I don't know particularly healthy for you I think you know often when it's too late <laughs> really um, but 
I, I'm a very competitive person, and, I, and and in running, I'd found something that that you kind of it's it's simplistic, and you kind of put out, you put in what you get, you get out, and um, and I and I kept finding myself getting better when I was winning races, and um, you know, I I ran a 2:25 marathon, and um, in you know, I was running twice a day, running over 100 miles a week, running before work, after work, and and trying to juggle life around that. Inevitably, things things suffer and I I kind of did that that marathon time in um in 2015 and then two weeks later I'd I'd broken up from that relationship and and just resented resented running so I guess um it was that sort of time that that I'd kind of I guess realized that that things had probably well things had gone too far not probably (laughs) and so how did you kind of uh how did you get better from that that period what kind of things were you doing to to get you back to kind of full health i think you know i it, it goes gets worse to get better sometimes and i and i kind of just decided i went from like i kind of mentioned earlier i i would always run as a way to i guess to manage my mental health my well-being and to give me that focus and i i just lost i lost the outlet and and whenever tough things had happened in my life before i would just go and run and and you know put all my energy into that and and I found myself in that really weird situation of, of of not having an outlet at a time when I needed it needed it most. And um, I kind of yeah, it took it took a while. I went over, I went to to Uganda for a couple of weeks. I had some holiday, and I I kind of went over there and and thinking that my life would be kind of better being in a different environment and I'll get away from myself and uh, and you know obviously I, I I didn't. I just found myself more miserable in another country for a couple of weeks. Um, and I and I kind of just broke down in tears over there with um, I was working at an orphanage over there and I just remember just kind of breaking into tears and in front of the lady who who ran the orphanage and I think she was probably quite surprised as as to what, <laughs> what was going on and and why I'd kind of flown all that way to to do that but um but no I came back and I and I I realized that I needed to to get running back in my life but get in back get it back in a in a in a positive way that wasn't obsessing over heart rate monitors and times and how much I weighed and how much I ate and all those things that I would think about on a you know a more than daily basis how did that kind of transition into doing the the really amazing things that you've done you know I'm reading here you ran the the Tour de France route um and the the one that really stands out is 44 marathons in 44 days in 44 different countries so how did you kind of get um from a place where if i understand it right you weren't you weren't really that hot on your running anymore how did you come back to it in a way that let you do these amazing challenges and raise thousands of pounds for um for charities like mind um i mean they 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 came about you know when i i kind of came back from uganda and i i'd seen um Ben Smith, who who ran 401 marathons in 401 days, and it kind of culminated in the time that Ben was was finishing his challenge, and it got a fair bit of attention, which which means I I kind of had had seen what he did and and kind of really got to understand what he'd he'd achieved, but but more importantly why you know why he'd achieved it, and I and I kind of thought that maybe I could I could use running in a in a in a different way because yes I wasn't necessarily as as fit as I as I was when I was doing those those really quick marathons but I was still you know I was still a a good runner and and 
I'm quite lucky in in a sense that if I put a bit of training in, my body responds to it well. And and I thought I thought you know what could I do to try and kind of get running back in my life in a positive way, but also you know raise money for a cause that that really mattered to me. So that's kind of how that first idea of of um, just kind of popped into my head about could I run a marathon in every country in Europe in consecutive days and you know and, and I guess for most people that idea would quickly leave but for some reason um, it just uh, it, it hang on and and I kind of got to work about trying to make it a reality really. Yeah and how, how do you train for something like that both kind of physically and mentally? I think the physical aspects of it was you know, in a funny way, it was about me learning to run slower for, for longer, really. So all my my previous training was very, very rigid and very, very structured and and at, and at quite fast paces. And and I I knew that to do this, I would need to to slow down, but also I would need to learn to just manage being on my feet for that length of time because I might normally go out for a run for two hours and and that would that would kind of be it whereas I would now need to just to learn to be on my feet for that length of time and understanding about you know how that affects your you know your feet the potential of blisters and um more so just because of the travel that was involved in the in the challenge I was I was often having to get 10-hour buses and trains in between running marathons and sleeping for very little time so it was that kind of I guess trying to get the running element in a in as good a place as it could be to allow myself the chance to to sleep for as long as I could once I arrived in a new place yeah it sounds I can't imagine having run a marathon then having to sit on a bus or a train for 10 hours (laughs) it's very tiring it's quite a fun but was it a kind of a bit of a mental challenge to deal with the kind of I suppose you must have been you know fairly fatigued most of the time and and was it a kind of challenge to stay kind of mentally balanced in those periods when you weren't necessarily getting um perfect sleep and you were kind of bussing and training from one place to another after having run a marathon for x amount of days in a row so how did you kind of keep i suppose mentally mentally well i suppose during that time um, I, I think you know the mental part of of running a marathon is 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 huge and i think um you know doing something like the kind of 44 marathons it just it just I guess multiplied multiplied that really so there were in a way in a funny way when I was running it was almost mentally the easiest time because I had that kind of clear objective I was in that kind of thing that I knew what I was doing I I kind of knew how to run but I I didn't know how to to get to airports or get to train stations and bus stations in Moldova and Belarus and and all these places so when I finished running is when I I think the mental side had to really kick in and uh, and similarly you know when you're very tired and you're you're on a train for 10 hours you've got a lot of time to to think and think about how tired you are and you know if you start thinking in 10 days time I I need to get from you know from Croatia to Slovenia to Slovakia you, you, your mind would just go so it's I know it's that kind of cliche of taking things one day at a time but I was I I that's exactly what I tried to do I kind of had a, a plan that I'd set out and I, I you know pre-booked everything and had my little itineraries and it was kind of just taking that that one day at a time and, and trying to 
to feed off the support you know i had some amazing support from from friends who came out i had some amazing support from running clubs and strangers who who came and met me i you know there were multiple occasions i remember i was running ukraine and i was 30 miles into a, a race and, and a, a guy came and met me who'd who'd heard about what i was doing on facebook and and he didn't speak any english and i didn't speak any ukrainian but he ran with me for 13 miles and literally dragged me around the streets of ukraine and and that happened again in barcelona someone had taken the day off work come and found me on their bike and, and guided me around barcelona and um and occasions when buses didn't turn up people would put me up for the night and i mean just some incredible support and and i had some brilliant and, and amazing support from friends family and strangers at home as well and when you're really struggling and you you read a message or you you know the beauty of, of social media is that you you can get that support quite um you know it's accessible and and, and i and i certainly wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of, of those people and um and you know and, and there are times when you need it need it most really yeah that must be quite kind of life affirming to see all that goodness in people completely i think um you know it people are generally really nice you know <laughs> and when you and i i'm now i'm i'm back and in between i've been working and i've always i've worked all my whole life and you and life is very busy and you and you often struggle to find time for people those small conversations and and you but you realize when when you really need something most people will be there for you and 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 i genuinely believe that and and this showed me that on a on a kind of really intense <laughs> intense scale and and um yeah i've got lots of people to to thank for what what's uh, what's been achieved and on that kind of note where was the best place you've you you ran and perhaps the most um the most surprising place that you ran i think i think I'd, i loved that like, albania was was absolutely stunning we um drove through kosovo to get to albania and was running um around a kind of lakes around there and and in a way i i probably had expectations of certain countries especially ones that i'd maybe been to before and um and there were certain countries like albania for example that i i didn't really have any expectations i didn't kind of really know what to expect and, and when um when i got there and again the kind of the hospitality and and the, the scenery it was yeah it was amazing and, and i don't know whether i would have, you know probably have visited albania for, for for any um you know if i hadn't have done the challenge and i think that was the beauty is that there were countries like that that i may not have ever you know had the chance to go to and although i had a very whistle-stop tour in those countries um i guess when i was running with people i almost got the kind of the highlights of the the country and 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 people are very obviously very passionate and uh, about where they live and and they want to show that off so I, I i got a real kind of intense amazing kind of four-hour guided tour of of these cities and countries i actually went to albania a couple of summers ago and i completely echo what you say about the hospitality and and the kind of friendliness of, of the people whereabouts whereabouts did you run in albania can you remember or um i probably pronounce it terribly it's like shukador or something which i'm sure is pronounced awfully um i know it's it's not far from tirana which i think is a capital isn't it um so yeah my pronunciation is awful but it began with s and ended in r so <laughs> and you know I can't remember the exact total that, that you managed to raise in the end, but do you know where what that money's gone um, towards? 
Um, so with with both challenges, I think with Gift Aid, it's very close to fifty thousand pound. Um, so it kind of raised just uh, just over twenty on the first one, and yeah, and about twenty six, twenty seven on the second one. And um, the money's been split between um, between Mind, between um, Dorset Mind, which is very local to me, and um, I'm also Livability and, and Livability run a, a garden sort of therapy project, which is somewhere that I used to support people to to go through my sort of job as in the social prescription service. And um, I know, you know, the money that they've put it towards having like a cabin where they can sell um, produce and, and plants and um, almost like a shop that will hopefully bring in the community a little bit more to that area. So um, it's lovely to know that there's a kind of a physical um thing that's been been produced from from the challenges and and i think with mind and, and national mind um but yeah i mean national mind is is i guess with a, a bigger charity like that it's hard to to pinpoint where that money goes but but i know that they do some in, incredible work they campaign on a you know on a, a very high level and they they're able to to influence the conversation on mental health and i i trust them to spend that money wisely and and again with the Dorset Mind they run quite a few local sort of projects and, and groups and and again I you know I'm, I'm happy that they will make the decision as to where that that money goes to benefit the people they work with. Amazing and have you noticed just touching on on the the kind of conversation aspect have you noticed um, a kind of progression in the way that people speak around mental health? Yeah yeah I mean I, I think it's you know it's it's hard not to and I in a way, I'm. I guess I'm a mental health is something I've I've always cared about. And as I say, you know, through through seeing lots of, of ex partners with with mental health issues, it's been something I've I've, I've dealt with for a, a large part of my life. But I I now you know I read probably more articles than I ever did, and I and I and I watch things more than than I probably ever did. And I don't know if if I'm more aware of it, and in one sense, but also. You, know, you only have to look at, at the last week with the TV programs that have, have been on. And um, I think, you know, people talk to me about it a lot more than than, than they ever used to. And um, I think it's really it's really positive. I, I think that there are you know still things to to be learned. And, and I really feel that there's still the element of people understanding the real the real depths and the real kind of when people really str- struggle with serious mental health issues just the, the, the level that that goes and I think that comes with with education because I think it's really important that people are able to you know talk about their own mental health but I, I also think that there's that education side of people really getting that awareness of, of what someone with bipolar or very serious sort of OCD for example goes through on a you know a, on an hourly basis really. Yeah I think that's so important because there's almost no way you can relate to especially with something like OCD there's almost no way that someone who doesn't suffer from it can kind of empathize with it until you kind of see it firsthand how how bad it is and so it's really important to get those kind of stories out to to really show people vividly um, how much it actually impacts people's daily lives like you said even on a minute or hourly basis. Yeah completely and I think that's what you know these programs and 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 things are doing and I, and I think that's really really important that people see that because with 
with it being talked about a lot more, there is, you know, the, ten the tendency or the potential that things can get diluted and, and the lack of understanding about the severity is, is lost. And I would, yeah, I really, really hate that to be the case because I think the positivity about people talking about it is is great. And, 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 I, and I really think that is great. But I think there's also that balance is important. Um, is it, yeah, is equally important. Yeah. And just to start to wrap things up, how do you look after your own mental health these days? I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a more open person than, than I, than I ever have been. And, and I'm somebody who's not, I'm a very private person in, in a lot of ways. And, and I'm not someone who easily talks about their feelings and, and, and I still find that incredibly hard to do, even though, you know, I've, I've tried to spread the message about people, you know, doing that, but it's, it's, it's difficult. And I, I kind of look at other people that I've been, you know, lucky enough to to meet and to and still kind of hear about what they do and, and how you know how open they are. And I try I try to kind of when I really feel like I don't want to talk to someone, I I try and kind of take their take their advice. And and I still use I use running. I um you know I still run. I but I I don't. I don't wear a GPS watch anymore. I haven't run with a GPS watch apart from the challenges since, you know, pretty much since I um I did the, my marathon in 2015 because I I don't want it to become that fixation. I want to go out and run because, you know, I I enjoy it and um so yeah, it's it's through running, it's through that openness and and I think as well it's just through yeah being having those conversations with uh yeah with the people who really understand me because sometimes when someone really understands you sometimes you you don't need to say anything they kind of know and <laughs> and they they kind of guide that and get that out of you so uh yeah i think it's in a in a in a good place yeah that's really good to hear because people people that know you really well can often see um that stuff isn't quite right potentially even before you see and it's not quite right so they can act as a kind of uh preemptive step yeah yeah i think um you know and you know like I, my girlfriend knows me better than anybody and, and probably vice versa and i think yeah we know when when something isn't right and um although we might not want to talk about it we kind of are able to adjust each other's behavior to to, to support and and i think that's that's a really in, important um important thing to have lastly where can we find more about what you do the challenges you've done um the charities you support and and have you got any other challenges coming up um there's there's no challenges um coming up as yet and you know who knows i've i've always thought that if the time is is right then i i would love to but um yeah nothing nothing currently but um i've got a website which is marathonforthemind.com and that's got um all the information about what we did on there and, and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook so it's um it's at um at marathons for the mind on, on Facebook and at Peter or at Mr Pete Thompson on um, Instagram and, and Twitter so brilliant and just remind us the the charities you've raised money for again um so mind and Dorset mind and also um livability so this uh, is a project called um flourish that's run out of one of their centers at holton lee so brilliant pete that's been really interesting and, and congratulations for all the money you've raised for those those brilliant causes that's all right and yeah thanks for thanks for having me on
Hi everyone, just a quick note to say that although we may find the things we talked about with Pete helpful, we're not trained health professionals. If you're struggling with your mental health, contact your local GP or NHS service or call a charity like Mind on 0300 123 3393.